dissolved the council permanently. Last remnants of the old republic have been swept away. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Senate Library. I am your host, Strib, and joining me today is Kiku. And uh, since we're uh, using only the informal part of our chis names, uh, you better believe that we're here today to discuss the first half of the final chapter in Timothy Zahn's new Thrawn trilogy, and that is Thrawn Treason. So first things first, of course... How are you doing there, there, Kiku? Well, Strib, <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this book again. I feel like I feel like Thrawn has anchored our Senate Library <laughs> discussion because um, we we really had a good time digging into alliances, and I think uh, this one has just as much potential for awesomeness. For sure. Anakin Thrawn, Vader Thrawn dynamic, but um, I guess I haven't finished the second half, so never say never. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's this is some some cool stuff going on in here. So I'm excited to talk about it. T- excited to talk about all our big characters, Krennic coming into the uh, the literary fold, and I'm especially excited to talk about two sweet boys named. Pick and waffle. <laughs> MVPs, pick and waffle. The sweetest boys. Um, <laughs> but for anyone who uh, knows who they are, they're probably not so sweet. But we'll probably we'll not find out more about them in a bit. Yeah, we will. <laughs> but yeah, so far I'm digging it. I'm excited. There's a lot of things that there's a lot of things going on so far in this first half. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so as I said, we're going to be discussing the first half of Thrawn Treason. So we've read through chapter 12. Um, but before we start discussing it, uh, obviously, spoiler alert. I feel like that goes without saying that when you do a book discussion, we're going to mm-hmm. spoil the book. <laughs> But at least um, the first half. <laughs> we're going to give uh, at least the first half of the book. So if you read 12 chapters, you're safe. Um, but we're going to give a really loose plot summary up to this point. Um, for starters, this story takes place mid-season four of Star Wars Rebels, immediately following Hera's capture during the Rebel Assault episode. Um, when Thra- And then when they try to do the Rebel Assault, totally fails. And Hera gets captured. So then Thrawn decides to just GTFO for a minute and leaves Governor Price in control of Lothal while Hera is in their captivity. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the uh, mysterious Project Stardust, oh, dum, 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 um, which has been the one big rival to Thrawn's TIE Defender project, has run into a bit of a roadblock. And Mr. Grand Moff Tarkin himself takes it upon... Uh, himself <laughs> to arrange a meeting <laughs> between these big level characters, right? We got Thrawn, we got Krennic, we got a new guy called Grand Admiral Savit of the Third Fleet, I believe, um, and Grand Admiral Thrawn, and you know what? Who shows up as well? Uh, Emperor Palpatine, um, the big guy himself at the top, comes in. Not the Palps. And so this is a this is a dick measuring contest of dramatic <laughs> proportions. <laughs> Really though, uh, I don't know if Star Wars will ever top itself in combining <laughs> all these characters in one place. Uh, 
Anyway, so there's this issue with these things called Grolux, a much larger and more disruptive cousin species of the Minoc, and it's been attacking freighters, causing them to lose precious cargo, and the freighters themselves, in fact, disappear. Um, in the fight for funding, Krennic issues a uh, thrown a challenge to rid Project Stardust of the Grolic problem in a week's time, and then the uh, funding for the TIE Defender project will not be taken away and given to Stardust. Um, to uh, make things even more pleasant for Thrawn and his crew above the Chimera, one of Krennic's loyal subordinates, a real Krennic boy, <laughs> assistant director Briarly Ronan, is assigned to watch over Thrawn's progress. He's also given a secret mission by Krennic to ensure that Thrawn completes his task but only after the given deadline so that Stardust may keep its funding. It's it's so beautifully like Krennic. He's like, I I need him. <laughs> but screw him up too. <laughs> right. You can't have your cake and eat it too, Orson. Mm -hmm. Come on, buddy. Um <laughs> but yeah, so Meanwhile, while this is all going on, we get a sneak peek at our sweet baby boy, Eli Vanto, who we missed so much in Thrawn Alliances. Uh. I love him, and I just he deserves all of the hugs. Um, but Eli Vanto is with the Chiss Navy, and he's doing his part in the Ascendancy, serving under Admiral Aralani, <sighs> Queen Bay. Um, and on the, let's see here. What was the name of the ship again? Steadfast. The, the Steadfast. Thank you. Upon the Chiss Navy vessel, the Steadfast. Um, but much like Eli's time within the Imperial Navy, he's very frustrated and feels that he's being underutilized um, by the Chiss because Thrawn had him all geared up, trained, ready to go and kick some butt. And he's like, well, why am I sitting here crunching numbers on a computer? I'm not being used to my full potential, which, you know, that's fair. So he's stuck doing some seemingly useless data analysis. He's an alien outcast, which Thrawn totally gets. And yeah, he just feels like he's kind of stuck and he can do more. But oh, well, Admiral Arlani doesn't see his true potential. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, based on your point of view, Thrawn's attempts to rid the shipyards of the Grolics covers a secret plot by the drumroll, everybody. You guessed it. The Grisks. Dun, dun, dun. pesky creatures from alliances um, who are trying to push deeper and deeper into Imperial territory and steal those exact freighters and their crews and study the people of the Empire and their machinery. Hmm. A mission that concludes... Or a mission that, coincidentally, the Chiss are already working on. So worlds collide, and Eli and Thrawn are reunited to solve the mystery and stop the Grisk from harming any more Imperial civilians. Oh, yeah. yeah. So where we leave off in their attempts to stop the Grisks, um, Navigator Vanya, uh, well, they discover this captured Navigator um, Navigator Unhi, who's this sweet little chis baby boo girl <laughs> who's been through some serious, serious trauma at the hands of the Grisk. And Navigator Vanya uses Second Sight, a mysterious ability that we just now see for, well, the first time in these novels. Uh, and she uses it to read the mind of Navigator Unhi and 
uncover the route to the Grisk stronghold. So the Chiss and the Imperials plan on teaming up, much to the chagrin of Assistant Director Stick Up His Butt Ronan, who is very skeptical of where Th- Thrawn's loyalties lie. And they're going to use Navigator Vanya um, to lead the Chimera to the Grisk now that she has uncovered the route from Unhi's mind. And uh, Imperials are going to start kicking some Grisk bootay. Mm-hmm. And uh, while the Chimera is sent off to attack the Grisk, Eli, Ronan, and two Death Troopers, lovingly called Pick and Waffle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can watch Rogue One again, knowing that people like them get names like Waffle. <laughs> I'm going to name all of them ridiculous names each time. I'm gonna pause this. I'm gonna pause the movie and just go. All right, your tulip. <laughs> your pumpkin. <laughs> Spatula. Spatula. <laughs> Your nugget. Uh, yeah. Oh, nugget. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. I like that too. Um, <laughs> Eli, Ronan, and these two death troopers go on a mis- secret mission, in fact, looking for evidence that Governor Haveland is a traitor and stealing supplies from Stardust Project and uh, shipping lines and playing uh, the boy who cried pirate, even though I think she's a woman. <laughs> the woman. Who also cried Ooh, pirate cried along pirates. with the boy. It doesn't boy. go with the boy who cried wolf. <laughs> but that's okay. Whatever. It's, it's all fair. Um, but yeah, so there's there's some kooky shit going on. Even uh, hey. even as we were typing up these plots, uh, we were having to like check in with each other. We're like, uh, so what happened? <laughs> um, it feels yeah. like a lot happened and not a lot happened at the same mm-hmm. time. You know? Yeah, I for me it's like I wonder how much it's it's like these novels are just showing us how much Zahn I think loves Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally it. It really because, is. They're mystery novels. All all three of them have been so far. Um and Thrawn is Sherlock and Eli and to some extent I think now um Pharaoh are sort of his his Watsons. Yeah, for sure. And then it's a little karate kid too, because you know, he's kind of Mr. Miyagiing his crew. Um That's right, yeah. He's really good at doing that, at teaching them without, you know, realizing they're being taught. Right. Um which is a good ability when you are an alien and people tend to typically distrust you in general because you are not one of us, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, so he sets up all these like little kind of avatars for himself, but they are human. For sure. But yeah, so that's where we are up to this point. And uh, <laughs> if you're still with us, we're actually going to discuss what's going on in this first half of the book. Um, but yeah, all right. Why don't we move on to the discussion part? Discussion. All right. So the first thing that we are going to start talking about um, are a few of the characters a few of the important players in this game in this game up to this point um Mm -hmm. some of them are new faces some of them are old faces that we're learning a few new things about and 
That's pretty. Some of them I want on my face. (laughs) Same though. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Like, I I don't typically swing that way, but if Admiral Arlani walked up to me and said, hey, let's go, baby. I mean, we talked about this on a previous Imperial Senate episode. You'd be Mm -hmm. dumb to say no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oof. The thirst is real in this world. The thirst is so real. It's not even funny. Um, But before we get to our sexy blue chiss lady, why don't we start off with um, Captain Douchebag, um, Assistant (laughs) Director Briar Lee Ronan. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think my introduction kind of explains how I feel about him. But what are you what are your thoughts on him, his intentions, his his addition to this story? Um, he's wonderful because he's so awful. Exactly. And like, it's, it's a great character because you have this sort of mini me Krennic who, um, is, I don't, I don't think at this moment really, I don't think I know too much backstory where sort of, we, we kind of know Krennic was this, um, sort of very working class kind of guy who were like, worked his way into the upper echelons of sort of imperial status, right? And so he carries that sort of the the whatever disdain he may have felt or like that class issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um he carries that with him and that's sort of why he flexes so much. Whereas Ronan, I don't know if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> it could just be this like upper class douchebag who's, you know, um, the intern to uh, director Krennic, and I think he also wears this. Um, he wears like a half cape, right? Yes, he does. He wears a half cape. Mm. Oh my god! I just, just trying to ugh. copy that style, or or is it? Does Krennic make his like employees wear capes? Which way do you think it is? That's a really good question. I feel like um, because I think that um. Director Ronan thinks he's got a bigger dick than he actually does. So I could see, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Chronic would want his employees to look crisp and sharp and important because he feels that he is important and his crew should be valued as such. But I think that, I think it was probably Chronic's idea that they dress like that. But the second Ronan saw that half cape, he came at half chub. Like, honestly, he's like, <laughs> yes, give me the cape. <laughs> but to be fair, would you not? Like, I mean, yeah, if you have the option to wear a cape, you're going to wear a cape. Exactly. Even a half cape, which I think is adorable. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of like a little kid who wears, like, ties their blankie around their neck to be Superman yeah. and run around the house. Um, that's just how I picture him looking a little bit. I feel like a half cape is kind of silly, but I'm glad that you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of, from the Krennic angle, it kind of reminds me of. Uh, I believe when when Alexander Hamilton got his first sort of, uh, I guess like group of soldiers to command, he was like, "I'm designing specific uniforms for my boys." <laughs> <laughs> like, like this is not good enough. I got some specific colors in mind that we're gonna wear, um, and it just <laughs> yeah, that reminded me of on Wednesdays we <laughs> wear pink, <laughs> right? And if if Krennic's like, "Look, guys, we're gonna be wearing." capes <laughs> <laughs> and oh my i think God. that's that'd be that'd be a fun vibe even though it's probably it's like some some frat bro 
bullshit going on in in uh Krennic's department. Totally. Like I picture <laughs> it's like the Star Wars equivalent of like in sync wearing matching denim outfits to the Grammys. It's like when <laughs> Krennic and his homies roll up in their white suits and their white capes. Mm-hmm. You know shit's going down. <laughs> Yeah. Just just douchey enough, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and like we just based on who we who we already side with, like we're already of course set up to not like Ronan. Oh, for sure. Because like you went I guess generally, I won't speak for everybody, but generally you enter these novels saying, "Oh, I'm on Eli's side. I'm on Thrawn's side." Um and there these people are introduced to be, you know, um antagonist to them so he already has that against him and then he starts working on taking our friends down right like um i'm a big i've become a big fan of uh sort of the next character we're gonna really dig into uh karen farrow girl um and so ronan's already sort of going in here saying hey where's that promotion (laughs) that you should have had and he's going up to eat, or he's looking at Eli. He's like, "You're a traitor. You should be executed or like imprisoned at least." Um, so he's coming in here, swinging that cape, swinging that little chub of his, <laughs> and he's trying to cause problems for everybody. That I think, like in general, we want to succeed, right? And, and like, uh, I do have one issue with Ronan up to this point, and my issue. While I love, I mean, I have a lot of issues with him, but I have have a writing issue with him at this point Mm -hmm. because I love, I love Yuzan. I really do. But this character seems like very two dimensional. He seems like um, we know, the only thing we know is I am working on Project Stardust and I'm going to you know, wave my dick around. And I'm like, he's like the uh, like embodiment. He's like, if Krennic in that scene in Rogue One where he's like, I'm sta- we're standing amidst my achievement, not yours. If that mm-hmm. moment was a character. Yeah. That would be Ronan. <laughs> he's he's very, um, I, I, I don't entirely understand his motivation. I, I'll mm-hmm. be honest, he seems, ve- and it just seems like he's, um, generic imperial BS going on. I just, yeah. I don't, I want to understand a bit more about him and his background and why he's the way he is. And I feel like we're not, I feel like he's very stock character to me. I've seen that as a criticism in general uh, by some people who are not like as into these books mm-hmm. um, where they think sort of, Everybody has to take, or I won't say everybody, but a good chunk of characters sort of take this this back seat to show, just just like overly show how brilliant Thrawn is. Mm. And um, so that's like a criticism I've read. It's not necessarily one I like would agree with, but um, I definitely see the point when you have people like Ronan where it's like, oh, this is like, it's like an easy target. Yeah, for sure. Um and I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with that criticism. I feel like there are I feel like I don't feel like he dumbs anybody else down for the most part. I don't think that Zon dumbs anybody down to make Thrawn look more brilliant because as I'm 
reading through this book, I don't know what the fuck Thrawn's going to do either. You know, Mm -hmm. like he's, I like figuring out with everyone else what's going on. And I don't, I just think that, um, and, and I think that he has very intelligent people around him making very shrewd, independent decisions as well. And Commodore Pharaoh is one of those characters Mm -hmm. who is very bright and, um, while she's there to carry out Thrawn's orders and be the best commander she can be, um, I feel like she's also got her own motivations and making her own decisions, sending her own transmissions to ensure the success of the Chimera and of Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she came in in the previous book. Yes. Right, as sort of like the the replacement for Eli for lack of correct. And I think, (laughs) right. And I think it's kind of cool that that was discussed in the last book was her being like, and what the heck happened to Eli Vanto? And Mm -hmm. that, and then getting to have those two characters meet face to face is like, is pretty neat. She's like, Oh, well that's what happened to you. Right. Weird. (laughs) New new clothes and whatnot. New threads, looking mm-hmm. good. Yeah, so so Ronan, yeah, as we just mentioned, like Ronan like straight up goes to her and is like, Oh, um basically Thrawn's holding you back <laughs> and You were supposed like, to be we, promoted, but are yeah, you still here, boo. She she has this like task force, right, that she should be in, allegedly in charge of or whatever. Um but instead she's still here being uh Thrawn's little uh, sidekick and I think is it uh, I think this is from Ronan's perspective there's a part where he's like oh watch Thrawn setting her up for failure as he like <laughs> talks about <laughs> as he like asks her questions right and like it's still, it's still like the opposite and Thrawn's like <laughs> it's, it's very much Thrawn being his, his teaching moments exactly mm-hmm. I love that look at Thrawn setting you up for failure says the man who's trying to set them all up for failure <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. But no. It's getting all wrapped up in his cape. Right? Get your cape in cape in a bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's I, I really like Commodore Pharaoh. She seems you know it, it does seem like she has um it, it one thing that she also highlights is um how loyal the crew of the Chimera is to Thrawn and how much after the Grisk mission in alliances, how much things have kind of turned a bit. There was a lot of mistrust, especially having Vader on board during mm-hmm. Thrawn alliances. I feel like a lot of the crew was kind of questioning a lot of Thrawn's actions, as was Vader. But after that mission, especially, the entire crew is has earn you know he's earned his trust with the entire crew and everyone seems to be team thrawn and like i don't and very much along the lines of i don't entirely get what's going on in your brain but i trust you and i'm gonna Mm -hmm. do my darndest to follow out your orders because you are you get it man like i you're a genius and right it's like you've not done us wrong yet (laughs) exactly and she is kind of the character that is the vessel to show that even when you're faced with imperial defectors and alien 
races that randomly show up and you have to work together against, you know, imperial protocol. Um, they're like, I am uncomfortable with this situation, but I'm going to do my darndest. And that's one thing that Commodore Pharaoh has certainly done. Because Eli is a traitor to the Empire. <laughs> right. She's like, I don't really know how I feel about you being here, but I'm going to work with you because Thrawn knows what he's doing, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's another question. Like, was Eli secretly pardoned? Like, does he actually have some legal standing somewhere? Because that's what Thrawn seems to suggest, right? That is what he seems to suggest, but nobody else seems to be aware of that. So that's right. a really good question. Everyone thinks he's a traitor. So if he was pardoned, I don't know why it's hush hush. I guess it's yeah. to so that people don't ask questions of where he is. Maybe that's why. It's better that so. they think he's a traitor so they don't start investigating. Yeah. Where it he could went. be anywhere as opposed right. to he was sent somewhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I don't know. I feel like it would honestly, I don't get that decision making either because I feel like Giving Eli a promotion, supposedly, and being like, uh, yeah, we sent him off on some secret ISB mission. Bye. Like, that would explain, that would, like, put some of the heat off of Thrawn as well. Because everyone right, seems right. to be, including um, Grand Admiral Savit and Governor Havelin, they tend, there. they rose some concerns about, or, uh, was it Krennic? I don't remember who it was, but Savit was in a conversation with somebody about where did Eli go? Shame, oh, yeah. question mark, question mark, question mark. We have five names and like we can account for like a few of them. Right. So it's like either one of these. And like, yeah, where is that Vonto guy? Right. Um, like, did Thrawn eat them all? <laughs> <laughs> Do Chiss have a taste for human flesh? <laughs> Snack time. <laughs> Like, I feel like, yeah, I just, I don't understand sending Eli off in that fashion. And I also don't know, I don't know exactly what the Emperor or Vader um, thinks about that. Mm -hmm. Because Eli, if you remember from the very first book, Eli met the Emperor. Yeah. Eli translated for Thrawn. Like, he was in the same room as the man. Um. And I don't think he enjoyed that experience. No. <laughs> I don't think so at all. He's like, look at this spookster. Not about it. Um, but yeah, I don't really know. I don't understand exactly why he was sent off in that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad he was sent off at all because <sighs> it has opened the door to exploring more about the Chiss. We've learned quite a bit. And who so in particular far. he was sent off to. Yeah. Bay Queen Bay Admiral Arlani, the Queen, the Queen. Uh, what a character! I dig her so and much. So much, so much comes from her and Thrawn just together. Yeah, <laughs> right? like, like you can just see. There's so much sort of like implied history. You can fill in so much in yourself. Like before we were recording, it's like, what was it like? with them in like school you know (laughs) yeah these two these two just heavyweights and i think 
don't know. This could this might be one of the most erotic Star Wars novels I've read because when <laughs> when she's like, please tell Grand Admiral Thrawn I will come to his ship at my convenience. <laughs> I was like, this is this is some next level like porn. <laughs> <laughs> this is just character porn going on. It's like just she's just flexing all over him at that moment. Oh. But then it's like, no, don't worry. Oh, I'll go. Like it's fine. Um, and yeah, no, she's just insane. I obviously, I think as of now, halfway through, I'm still waiting to get more, but I'm excited with what has been sort of teased with, with Arlani. Yeah. And the nice thing about getting, finally getting Admiral Arlani and Thrawn in the same room is one question that I've had through the entire Thrawn series is, are all the Chiss just freaking super geniuses? And if they aren't, why has Thrawn been sent off to the Imperials when they need his brain? Mm-hmm. They probably could use his super genius tactician brain. Um, But I loved having Admiral Arlani and Thrawn in the same place because then you re- cuz it finally gave us that clarity of oh yeah he's even a genius amongst the chiss mm-hmm. and they don't entirely get his thought processes either um but also they kind of don't trust it either <laughs> you know yeah. um they're they're interesting cuz they it seems like well we we've kind of seen the chiss school of rule you know of of command and we've kind of seen how Thrawn and Admiral Arlani have similar leadership styles but completely different tactical approaches mm-hmm. um but it's neat and I I think obviously the book is Thrawn treason everyone seems to be um skeptical of everyone else's loyalties um and even Arlani is curious about Thrawn's loyalty, which is fascinating to me. Yeah. Like she's the one who gets to just point blank pose that question to him. Yeah. Of like, what are you really up to? And, and Thrawn's answer is like, it's interesting. Like, cause it's, it's weird to, it's one of those things. It's one of the things I struggle the most with, or I won't say struggle, but it's like something I noticed the most with reading the Thrawn books to uh, watching him in Rebels. Because in Rebels, he's very much this surgical instrument of a villain. And in these books, he's like, well, you know, uh, a paycheck's a paycheck. (laughs) 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 My, my, uh, you know, what I really want is to protect the Chiss. But um, I'm going to accomplish that through fighting for the Empire. Um. And it's just it's just an interesting dynamic uh, of how the how he's presented in two different forms of of story. Um, but he's so different, yeah. And it's one of those things. Like, I mean, one. I guess this is also like sort of a throne thing. But um, yeah, I think the thing that bothered not again not bothered. I don't like feel like that, <laughs> that strongly. Um, but like, I know I noticed this discrepancy at least or a a discrepancy i would have imagined um where in in alliances he doesn't really talk about bendu and i feel like i feel like seeing bendu 
should like mess with a guy a little because <laughs> he seemed bothered by right? it in Rebels. Um, Definitely. Like he was like, this is weird. I want to know more about this because that's kind of who he is. Um, and yeah, th- I feel like there's just these tiny little, the needs of the stories or what, which stories are being told. And he seems he's sometimes a little bit in, inconsistent might be like too strong a word, but um, it's weird because we're getting different things out of Thrawn through these stories. Cause he's in some ways, maybe, maybe like an anti-hero in the books and then a villain in rebels, you know? Yeah. But it's so funny. Yeah. Like the, like these books make you realize how small potatoes, like the rebellion almost seems in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. at least for me, which obviously I get why Thrawn needs to, to fight the rebels in order to fight the Grisk because the Imperial military is like one of the greatest, largest, most powerful forces that could stop Mm -hmm. the Grisk invasion. And you don't know what that means for the military if the rebels take over, you know? But it just, it really does make everything seem so small potatoes. And also, it's funny you brought up the Bendu because yeah, seeing the Bendu would kind of mess with you, but also knowing about the navigators and seeing um and 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 from his previous knowledge of the force from his time at the Chiss and then coming to the Empire and learning about the Jedi and seeing Anakin at, firsthand. Mm-hmm. I wonder what his impression of the Bendu really was. Because his view of the Force has changed drastically over time. Right. And then Bendu shows up. There's so much potential in it that I don't know if he sees, like, it could be tapped potential. I just don't know. I don't know what he, what's going on in that brain of his. Oh, wait. That's us through the entire <laughs> Thrawn series. <laughs> what is in this guy's head? Um, I loved, I think, I think it was Arlani, but I loved the part where like Thrawn goes off and she's like, is he going off to like look at his art again? <laughs> I love that. Yes. He's like, <laughs> is he about to go be an art nerd? <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like your point. Like even they don't really get him. Right? Uh, yeah. You just assume, right? Like, Oh, he came from these, like uh, this load of, you know, just hyper nerd society. Right. Um, I know it's not the case. They're like, oh, okay. No. Hmm. Like, you're a geek amongst us too. <laughs> but it's so funny too that, and like, that also, I think it was fascinating. That whole thing also brought up the point that they don't have any Grisk artwork. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anything to go off of. And that is fascinating. He's just had, he just has artwork that certain Grisk warriors have collected. Like the client species and stuff, right? Yes. From other, yeah, from other species and stuff like that. But that does bring up a good point. And and it's, it just shows how unique Thrawn really is and the gaps in his knowledge right now. Mm -hmm. He's going in blind, which he doesn't often or ever have to do. Right. And he's, He's still like smart about it though, which is cool. Like it's always cool to see that. Like he's still prepared for 
every, every time they're, it's like, it's such a great thing that happens all the time where he's like, and we're going to get ready to jump right into, I don't know exactly what, but everybody be ready to shoot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody get ready to go shoot oh, shit yeah. and it's so it's like he's always prepared even though he's like jumping into the unknown a lot it's so yeah it's <laughs> i would like it's i can see why his crew in the last book especially were like i don't know how i feel about this but i cannot imagine earning that level of trust where they're like hey we're about to jump into this thing could be a bunch of grisk about to kill us could be something else but i got plan don't worry mm-hmm. like having that faith in someone like saying that i just it's fascinating to me yep. <laughs> like all right guess we're gonna do this now <laughs> yikes yikes <laughs> yep and he's done his cool oh. um his Marg Sable maneuver is yes. classic. And, uh, classic. And then the, the thing with the tie defenders where he like slingshots them with the, with the so tractor cool. beam. That was pretty, pretty cool. Now that is, I wish I had, I mean, it gave, I had some pretty beautiful imagery in my mind, but I would like to see that in live action All right. at some point. That's what was so amazing when um, Ahsoka did it in the Clone Wars. The uh yeah the, the maneuver with the the hole and whatnot, um, yeah that was that was a great nod. So we, you never know. There's some cool stuff that we could <laughs> we could take note of. Um, but for sure, who else? Who else have we got? We've got Navigator Vanya, our um our Chiss anomaly navigator mm. who has retained her third sight into her. Uh, 20s, which usually they lose their ability to navigate in their adolescence. So she's kind of a little gem. She's also, I think, adorable and the sweetest pumpkin ever. Mm-hmm. And she's so kind to Eli oh, and yeah, actually uses <laughs> and, <laughs> and actually uses uh, his real name, even though the Chiss call him in like Involt, <laughs> right? Yeah, so it's a funky. Yeah, because um, they don't understand that he doesn't have a three-part chiss name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think that she's so fascinating, and she, she's kind of a little unsung hero of this book for me because she has so much compassion, and also to be a twenty-year-old around all these children, I can, I get why she might be more. Um, compassionate to other people because she I'm sure plays some sort of nurturing maternal role to all of these young chiss navigators right um and also it just yeah she's my she's my MVP probably so far just because um just because she's I want to be her friend and I want her to fuck Eli so bad Navigator Vanto or Eli Vanto, you weren't coming just to see me. That is where the mm-hmm. that's where that seventies guitar comes in, you know. Yep. You know, it's like I got some data that I analyzed <laughs> for you. So you can navigate us. Show me your data, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vanya Vanto. <laughs> mm, that has a great ring to it. Sure does. I'm just saying. Oh, 
Yes, please. It's like in our notes we have, is Eli going to get the V? And I was like, <laughs> the vagine? <laughs> or the Vanya? Or the butt? Um, all of the above. All of the above. <laughs> and uh, another like cool moment is when she's she's helping navigate the chimera now. Yeah. And um, I think Ronan sort of walks onto the bridge as this is happening. And is like A, freaked out by all these blue people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Naturally. And B, is like, whoa, she's a Jedi. Um which is just kind of like a weird thing for an Imperial to to think about. Right? Because they've been gone for so long. And what I thought was even more fascinating about him being like, oh my God, she's a Jedi, is he's been so not trusting of Thrawn up to this point. Mm-hmm. And he completely gets him wrong. when He's just like, oh, I now understand why he's working with the Chiss because he's now trying to help the Emperor destroy all of the Jedi, even within the Chiss. Like, okay, I'm going to let his plan play out. You're like, oh, you tried. You tried so hard. And you just movie. missed. <laughs> People trying to figure out Thrawn, just stop. Yeah. Just stop while you're behind. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But it was kind of nice that he's like, okay, I'm going to trust him for a minute, even if his trust is completely misplaced. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also interesting like that he would jump to Jedi and yeah. just assume that Chiss are like, they have some weird power. Um, but right. I guess that's the only way he can process, like, you know, that's the only lens he can process that kind of thing through. Um, then there we go. She's a Jedi, apparently. She's a Jedi. She has a laser sword. <laughs> Uh, but yeah I think Vanya there's going to be some interesting stuff coming up with her Um, I have no doubt for sure also can we talk about um, well we'll save him for last let's talk a little bit about Governor Haveland which is a character we barely touched on and Grand Admiral Savit Mm -hmm. Um, what are your impressions of these two and are they uh are they in cahoots? Are they not in cahoots? Either way, you know, it's something sketch is mm-hmm. going on. Well, I really like Savit. I think he's like a very interesting uh, character. He's got a very interesting position in charge of this fleet who is cleaning up piracy. <laughs> um, like that's a story independently that I would be interested in. Just sort of like pirates versus Imperials. Um, and, and then, yeah, Haveland is very, she's almost that archetype of like, um, sort of greedy governor, um, you know, who's just looking out for themselves, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm almost like hoping there's more because for now I feel like, again, this could be that sort of two-dimensional argument. It's like she's a little too on the nose for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I hope there's something more. But I think Savit is is pretty interesting and, and, dim- and like three-dimensional because he has sort of the way he views the political game going on. And Yeah. But then he's also, you know, this like warrior. Um, so I, I'm interested in where he goes. Again, halfway yeah. through – it's still very much um, breadcrumbs as far as really digging into what, what they're up to. But I think he has a lot of interesting perspective on the way uh, 
sort of all these big players are are sort of going at each other. And I think he yeah. he thinks he's separate from that. Yeah. It, I guess we can talk now a little bit about those political circles because it's kind of relevant. He's sort of sipping tea on the outside while everybody else tries to use him for their own agenda. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fascinating. Like Tarkin wants him to help Thrawn succeed um, when he finds an opening. But Krennic is also reaching out to him and being like, do you see all the? Did you hear about the alien contact and all the sketch things Thrawn's doing? And and Savit is just not really sure when and where he wants to strike, but he's waiting for his moment of he of just being. It, it's fascinating because I'm not entirely sure what he's like, what's going through his brain. Because mm-hmm. he seems like willing he to, seems help to out, like yes. to just appease people for now. Right, he's like, yeah, send Krennic a few ships, blah blah blah, um, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a really like interesting place for someone to be, and like, and not to be a a special character, right? Like, you would you would assume almost like the protagonist would be this one who's stuck in the middle of it all and can like play everybody, um, right? But he's sort of just this he's guy. Off to the side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in. And what he's doing. And I guess another thing with like the political circle, a cool thing to like hammer out would be exactly what team all these people are on. It's like, is it Team Stardust or Team Defender? Yeah. <laughs> and like the Emperor, I'm not sure because I feel like um obviously the way the Death Star has been like this plan forever. But then Thrawn's like well, the Emperor likes my defenders too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. I again, just like talking about the politics, I was I was sort of commenting earlier uh, before recording how like it just felt kind of weird reading the Emperor in that conversation, and I was like, is he is he actually enjoying this? <laughs> I think he likes to watch his puppets dance yeah. on the end of the strings. He's just like entertained me with your garbage right because you just assume <laughs> that he's above it all doing his own thing you know masterminding his episode nine strategy um yeah. <laughs> looking for sith right, shit sith you know shit. that kind of stuff and, and then <laughs> just doing sith yeah, shit. Now he's like sort of a little bit in the weeds like delegating to some degree and um i mean it makes sense right with his senatorial chancellor background that he would get a kick out of this. It was just kind of interesting to see him in that way, in his emperor way. Um, now be like, well, <laughs> let's see what's going on here. But do you think you think the emperor is stardust all the way? I think uh, that's a good question. I think he leans team stardust, but he also respects Thrawn's um, he, he respects Thrawn's opinion and he sees the value in the TIE Defenders, but also I think he questions why Thrawn is not pushing Stardust because mm-hmm. he knows that Thrawn's loyalties are kind of divided with the Chiss. And I think that he worries that Thrawn, um, Thrawn thinks that with this kind of super weapon, they could use it against Thrawn's own people. I think that might be why he leans Team Stardust as opposed to maybe 
Team Tie Defender, although we've seen them kick butt and continue to mm-hmm. kick butt. So the Emperor's, you know, that's a good thing too. Right. But I think he does lean Project Stardust for sure. Yeah, and I feel like that just the Death Star compared to the Defender embodies that sort of Sith Empire, I think, that that he likes. Right? Like just this, yeah. this big just uh object of fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Um, this grandiose mm-hmm. it's all a dick measuring yeah. contest. That's all it really yep. is. It's true it's true. And uh Tarkin, team defender, team stardust. <laughs> he's team he's team stardust only because he wants current he wants to take it over from Krennic. He wants it, right? That's that's all. It's so funny to him because Savit points that out too a little bit. He's just like he's just like he doesn't feel Krennic is. He notices that Tarkin doesn't feel Krennic is capable of running this operation, which to this point he's kind of proven that mm-hmm. he's not. Um, you know, ships are missing, crews are missing. It's behind schedule. Um, obviously they haven't perfected the super laser yet. Um, or even come close. Um. But yeah, it's funny just that Tarkin is definitely team team Stardust, I think, but he also <laughs> he doesn't want it to succeed yeah. yet. See, I feel like my read on Tarkin would be team defender. Just cuz I think mm. he I think he would know that it's the smarter option. But I also think he's like this perfect opportunist where he sees the power mm-hmm. of the Death Star and he wants it, right? Um, yeah, and it's certainly the more realistic and the more monetarily, you know, safe option. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money you're throwing at Stardust. Right. <laughs> a lot of resources, a lot of people. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like he is secretly Stardust, but like isn't just to annoy Krennic. <laughs> Yeah, he just wants him to fuck up along the way so many times that it needs new control mm-hmm. and then he can fix it because, you know, he's better than everyone. Well, the joke's on all of them because if they would have picked the Defenders, they would still be Imperial rule, probably. You're right. You know? <laughs> Thrawn got the last You're laugh. Right. <laughs> and is Savit on his side? Do you think in this in this debate, do you think he has any particular care? No, I I think Savit is pretty solidly in the middle. Mm-hmm. I, I I think, um, yeah, I think I think Savit is just trying to focus on his own shit, but he gets pulled into everybody else's drama. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I got pirates to deal with. I don't have defenders, and I don't have Stardust stuff going on. You know, like just let me do my thing. I got right. a job. Like, I wish I, <laughs> I wish I bookmarked that page. Cause it's a good little, it's a great little like paragraph of his, um, his thought process where he's like, you know, people say infighting will bring down the empire. Um, you know, all the jo- po- political jockeying, the, the dick measuring, <laughs> the backstabbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all gonna forget the real threats. Yeah. From and he, I think he Which, makes comment of like, right. from within and or like from outside and within. Yeah, for sure. It's he makes an excellent mm-hmm. point because <laughs> there's so many mind games, and that's Thrawn's biggest weakness, which everybody has identified since 
Thrawn book one is that he doesn't get the political mind games. <laughs> so and, and it's that's it. Is Savit the Jon Snow of the Empire? <laughs> <laughs> There's only one wall that matters. Well, he knows something. <laughs> Stop fighting, please, everybody. <laughs> he just might be. Oh, God. Oh, um, but yeah. Should we? Yes, we should. Oh, I was going to say, should we pop on to real quick? Can we talk about Eli we, for just a quick we minute must. here? Absolutely. I missed him so much. The emotional much. core of our first novel. The emotional core of my entire heart. <laughs> <laughs> of my life from birth to, to now. The love of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, yep. no, he is. He, I, won't, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but he was missing from book two. He was. I kept sitting there going, is Eli going to show up? Is Eli going to be there? Eli. Eli. And then he wasn't, and I was really yeah. Sad. Um, but we have him back, and he's he's Yay. going through some some new kid <laughs> new kid pains. <laughs> um, you know, pick on the right, new kid. Like you're, he got he got demoted. He, he did, which is understandable. Um, he left a commander of the empire, and now he's a little lieutenant, and um. I think we definitely wanted to talk about this one moment <laughs> where it's it's, yes. it's very much up there with Anakin meeting Padme in episode two. <laughs> oh my and, god, so and, true! And like holy shit, I'm gonna meet Thrawn. So okay, we'll back it up a little. So Eli has, of course, been thinking a lot about Thrawn since his time away, and when. Steadfast and the Chimera come face to face, and they're going to meet up. Um, he's like Anakin in the elevator, kind of sweating, and he's like, "Um, it's like, man, has he even thought about me? Does he like? Did he expect stuff of me? Blah blah blah. Like, what does he? What does he think? And then they come face to face. Is he proud, he's proud of, of me? me? <laughs> does he love me? <laughs> and they come face to face, and Thrawn's like, huh. Oh, Hey Eli. <laughs> anyway, permission. And Eli's like, oh Eli's like, what? So does he does he even know me? <laughs> Did it mean anything? <laughs> Did it? Um, and it's just it's this amazing moment of these these two. I mean, the shippers were sent to, into hyperspace, you know, through all this stuff, right? It's it's such a great like romantic trope. <laughs> it so yeah. is. Uh, like again, leaning on Anakin and Padme, it's like <laughs> she didn't even notice me. <laughs> she thinks I'm a little boy. <laughs> uh, and yeah, no, it's just just wait, Eli. You saw it. Anakin got there in the end. He fucked it up, but he got there in the end. You I'm might there. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was an amazing it moment. My heart out of my chest. Yeah. It did. I was like, oh my God. I swear, deep down, he loves you. He just doesn't know how to show you, yep. Eli. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, my it's, heart. It's, it's amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess now, as of the halfway point, I think Eli 
I don't think he harbors that doubt as much. Um, they seem they seem to him and Thrawn seem to be on a pretty good like relationship as of now. It I think it's still not open yeah. in that way like Eli was thinking about. Um, but I guess that's just not the way they. But Sherlock and mm-hmm. Watson, you know, they're back together and their minds work very yeah. well together, and it's already yeah, apparent. It, it doesn't skip a beat when when they're back. Um, they're like riffing off each other and whatnot. Um, and imagining what each other looks like without their uniform. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not just me. Okay. That was a big deal when, when Eli came back in and, and now of course Eli has to worry about um, not only what Thrawn thinks, but what the rest of the Imperial crew th- thinks about him. And, Mm-hmm. In the chiss, and he's already worrying about what the right. chiss think of him because he's he's a new so kid. He's on got the block. he's he's very much in this like zone where he has like potential enemies on all sides. Um, and For sure. I think that that was a really cool moment where, as we mo- mentioned in the the plot summary, where Eli and Ronan go on this little mission with um, or to to sort of uncover what uh, Governor Haveland is doing. Um, and he's like, you're, you're going to put death troopers with me, Thrawn? Then, you know, these people who think I'm a traitor <laughs> and they're death troopers. <laughs> and did right? I mention that they are death troopers? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Thrawn's like, oh, yeah, they'll be fine. They trust me. Um, which is, again, an interesting thing because it's like you had these death troopers who you just imagine as these like killing machines, but they, they still have loyal, they have this like loyalty to Thrawn as well. Yeah. And what's even cooler. I thought it was a super interesting addition to have, like when they're going down to the planet, Eli was like, I heard rumors that they genetically modify them and surgically like change things about them. Now that I see them without their helmets on, I have no doubt that that is correct. And he's like, it's worse. Like, holy right? shit. He's like, it's <laughs> worse than that. Um, and yeah. he's like, it's the eyes, man. Like, what is up with this? I want to see their spooky eyes. Yeah, and like, kind of just had fun talking about pick and waffle as sweet boys. But like, pick and waffle. They, they are not sweet boys. Um, like, this is no. like, this is, they have like SS vibes, you know? Like these, these are sure. these are people who will terminate whatever they want, kind of. Um, oh yeah, and yeah, that's it's such a like creepy visual to think about these guys under the helmet, because um, you know in in Rogue One and stuff, they're they're all they got the gargled voices. You can't really make out what they're saying, and they're just these kind of like lethal soldiers. And now it's like you know they. They take the helmet off and it's worse. Like it's scarier to, to look at them. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing. Cause I also wasn't sure beforehand like exactly what death troopers were. Um, like were they augmented? I think even like you know, source materials have sort of leaned on that old zombie novel, right? To sort of yeah. like build a myth about them. Um so it, it wasn't no one was really sure exactly like what they were. And now to like sort of see those guys and they're just like, yeah, just a 
if any shooting needs to happen, just stay out the way. We'll do it. Um, but it is also weird that one of them is called Waffle. I just, I'm in love with Waffle. <laughs> I love, I love that his name is Waffle, and I need to hear the actual story of why he's named Waffle. Why was he named Waffle? What? It, there's got to be some sort of cafeteria death trooper bonding moment during training where he ate the most waffles um, or something or ate a waffle every single day. So people just started calling him waffle. There has to be a story and I need mm-hmm. to know it and now. Timothy's on. We know that the, the ghost crew is chowing <laughs> on, on uh, uh, what's it called? On uh, space waffles all the time. So we know waffles. Yeah, space there. waffles. Waffles are Indeed. canon. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah God. it's uh it's it's really weird having death troopers like that and i still haven't seen them do much yet halfway through uh, but i'm sure they will get up to some <laughs> some stuff by the end of the novel um they'll mm-hmm. do their thing so should we also briefly mention the the second and third site stuff going on yes let's do it um because we got a sneak peek of it during Thrawn Alliances. We learned about the Chiss Navigator's abilities, um, the Skywalkers, a.k.a. the Skywalkers, um, using a force ability called Third Sight to navigate the ever-changing hyperlanes of the unknown regions. It's the only reason they can get around, and it's the only reason that the Empire hasn't really ventured out in the unknown regions because the hyperlanes keep changing. But using the force, they can foresee changes and make a path. Um, and see things before they happen, before they change. And in this novel, we learn of a different Chiss ability, which is much, which is even rarer than the Navigator's third sight. Um, and it's something else that the Chiss don't understand either. And it's called second sight. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Admiral Arlani describes it, uh, third sight is the sight from without. Second sight is the sight from within. And Navigator Vanya uses second sight to read the minds in a very Kylo Ren-y aspect or join minds. I think that's more more accurate because Vanya sees things from um, Navigator Unhi and Unhi sees things from Vanya's mind as well. So they kind of blend blend mm-hmm. brains for a bit. Um, Except Vanya should get so it in yeah. a much nicer way than Kylo. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, the, it's it's fascinating because like, and both of them leave that experience a little bit scarred. Because um, let's be real, if you blend your consciousness and your experiences and your memories with that of another person, they're not all going to be pleasant. They're not all going to be comfortable. And this little girl has gone through some serious trauma and mm-hmm. torture at the hands of the Grisk. So... No wonder. It's just, I feel like it's a super, that's a dangerous thing to play with. Right. You know? But it is useful because they got the path to get to the Grisk. But, ugh, at, at what cost? I feel like even if they discover how to use Second Sight more, I feel like the Chiss are more of a moral, they have more morals than than I feel like a species like the Grisk would have. Yeah. You know, for sure. 
Yeah, it's, it's really not use it. It's really like an interesting like lens to portray the force through. Where you know, it's like yeah, I like how it's, you know, this different this culture from way off, you know, in the distance sort of has their own way of talking about these things. It is. And it's it's fascinating. It's just one thing I loved about the Legends of Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. book um, is I loved the different ways that different cultures viewed the Force and Luke's journeys to um, to understand how the Force can be viewed in different ways. And I like that we're getting more views of the Force. We get the Bendu and Rebels, which we already talked about. We get the Chiss Navigators and their second and third sight. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just cool. I just give me give me more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how how this all unfolds, how you know, come the end of this novel, what what sort of the role that Chiss might be playing, especially with all these powers and stuff. Um Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of cool a lot of cool stuff. And and it and it's true that right, like Anakin did this right? Yeah, yeah. Vader, oh, yeah, Vader. used uh, <laughs> Vader used the the third site to get them to the Grisk stronghold in and that alliances. Was from, from like yeah. Batu, was it? To yeah, somewhere else. <laughs> I've forgotten like the fine details of that book now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's always, yeah. It's cool to see all that stuff, you know, being used. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of like mystery still. So I'm I'm excited to read more. Me too as <laughs> well. But yeah. What uh are those your final thoughts on first half of Thrawn Treason, Nikki? Um, I guess so. I think the last the last question I would want to pose is would you rather be on the crew of the Chimera or the Steadfast? <laughs> the ultimate capital ship showdown. I, I, I think I'm going. Oh, geez, that's hard. Because I want to. I want Thrawn to be my commander. Yeah. But I want to be a part of Chiss culture over Imperial culture because I. Part of the I guess part of it is I've seen the flaws of Imperial culture, um, and the Chiss strike me as um, a more civilized society. Yep. Um, but I want Thrawn to be my commander. That's the, that's the problem. So I'm going to probably lean steadfast because screw mm-hmm. the empire. They're mean. <laughs> they do bad stuff. <laughs> that's my very, um, logical. Explanation you know what? For that. I agree. Team steadfast. I think Woo, step up. there's all sorts of, di- obviously we know different things or I don't know yet what happens to steadfast by the end of this book, but I'm willing to bet better than getting pulled off into the random mess by some pergo. Um, <laughs> so I'll start right. there. But yeah, I know. All the same reasons. I think I think being in the uh amongst the chiss as opposed to the <laughs> kind of fascist organization <laughs> of the Empire um would be would be much nicer. And A little all those blue women, how could you say no? And men. Right. 
Um, it's not easy being blue. Yeah, there's it's there's a lot to uh, a lot you don't want to miss out on with the chiss. I think. Uh, so yeah, Team Steadfast. I'd love to see what the design of those uh, chiss capital ships are because again, yes. for for people who share interests like me, um, this past week we got the first a uh, uh, like visual of a Starhawk cruiser or a Starhawk battleship um, that have been like talked about in like the aftermath novels and um, a Starhawk uh, battleship was what brought down the, the Ravager super star destroyer at the battle of Jakku and stuff. And we finally got our first um, representation of that. And it was awesome. And so I'd cool. love to see what a Chiss one looks like too. These, these things excite me. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, too steadfast. Let's, let's let's party with the chiss. Hell yeah! Um, but, I guess uh, this li- the sec- next section doesn't really count for you because you've finished the novel. <laughs> um, but things uh, I don't really have any predictions because, like, like we talked about, um, how do you how do you predict Thrawn? <laughs> Right. It's just futile. It's not going to work. My prediction <laughs> is that he will blow some minds um, and then blow Eli. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> and then, yes, please. And thank you. And what do I want to find out? I, of course, want to find out more about um, what Savit has going on, what Arlani and the Chiss have more just on the grand scheme of things. And I'm always intrigued about the Grisk ever since they came up um, and sort of have a, assumed this quasi Yuzon Vong role of not not being the Yuzon Vong, but being this massive external threat, um, I think is a really fascinating thing for Star Wars. Like the, Almost these novels have felt the most like the old EU kind of vibe just because of like that aspect. Um, I've not read Alphabet Squadron. I hear that has some major X-Wing series vibes, which was like where I spent pretty much all my time in the old EU. But the way um, the way we had these sort of things like the Vong, or at least playing a similar role, where the, we have this this threat from this unknown sort of species, um, I think that's a really like has a lot of exciting story potential. And I don't know where they're gonna go with it. I hope it becomes like, sort of like if you think about it, like Marvel, where you have these phases, and like, are we gonna enter a grisk phase? I don't know. Yes, <laughs> maybe. Well, you know what? Uh, Skywalker saga is ending, and we know nothing about Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep throwing that out there until it happens. There's a story <laughs> somewhere else, and we got a villain right here. Um, so we'll see. Who knows? We shall yeah, see. those are probably my top three, uh, kind of what I want to find out. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I'm excited to see where the rest of the book goes. I'm excited for you to see it, and so I can reread the book and we can talk about it. Yeah, and I'm sure like our, our second half episode will, of course, be a lot more comprehensive. I think we'll probably dig into what this trilogy has sort of meant for Star Wars storytelling you know, in the Star Wars sort of canon in general. But uh, sure. we got we to gotta have a full conclusion first and see where it goes. Exactly. 
But yeah. So I think with that, we're going to start wrapping things up over here. Um, and just our normal, regular deals and schmeals. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at ImpSenatePod, on Instagram at ImperialSenatePod. You can like us on Facebook where you'll get show updates and other cool shenanigans every now and then. And if you feel like sending in a question or voicemail, if you have any discussion topics that you wanted to talk about for Thrawn Alliance's Senate Library Part 2, uh, yeah, send in a voicemail or an email to ImperialSenatePodcast at gmail.com. Get some swag from tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the Imperial Senate podcast. And uh, you can become a patron on our Patreon page because that would be neato. And join our Battlefront 2 community group on PlayStation Network because we promise there is stuff that is about to happen there. And uh, that's about it for our stuff. But where can we keep up with you online, Nikki? Yeah, you guys can uh, follow me on Twitter, if you don't already, <laughs> at Nequitius, N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S, and also Instagram, um, at Nick Defer, N-I-C-T-O-P-H-E-R. Yes, yes. And you can keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram, at C-Stribs. And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, gang, for listening to our part one discussion of Thrawn Treason. <laughs> Thank you, Strip. the Senate Library. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, remember, guys, the Force will be with you always. Goodbye, everyone. Peace. Dissolve the council.